Well, we're in 1 Peter and uh, chapter 2, starting in chapter 2 here, verses 1 through 3, and the title of the sermon is Thirsty for the Word. Thirsty for the Word. Let's just begin in verse 1, and uh, the, the call on your sermon notes, you'll see this, uh, the, first, the first calling really is stop eating dirt. Stop eating dirt, okay? Look at verse 1 with me, if you will. So, put away all malice and all deceit and all hypocrisy and, and envy and all slander. So first off, there's, there's these commands, and they meet us once again. We, we, we have a gospel backdrop, and now we have these imperatives, these, these, these things that we are called to put to work in our lives. You've got to see this right out of the gate. In chapter 2, it begins with this word so, which is, is, is similar to a, to a word in Greek of, of therefore. It, it connects what has just been said with where we are currently. So let's go back and consider how, where does this so come from? Something has been said, so, he says, put away all these, these various sins. It goes back, I believe, to chapter 1, verse 23, at the beginning of this verse, the, the call here is, you have been born again, right? At the, in, in the very middle of all of this, the reality is you've been born again. God has done this. He has caused you to be born again to a living hope, right? We have not only a living hope, but we have this inheritance that is, it is, it is secure and held and it's coming. Therefore, be holy as I am holy. Therefore, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, and therefore put off this list of sins, things that once you, you wore, now cast them off, as it were. Put them aside. Cast off the dirty laundry. You might think of a, of a teenage boy who's been wearing the same shirt all week long. My son doesn't do this. Uh, for real. Thank you, son. But just imagine, if you would, a teenage boy who went to camp and, and all week long wore the same shirt. I remember coming home one time from camp, and I told my mom, Mom! I, I announced it as we're getting off the bus. So all the parents are lined up, right? And we're getting off the bus, and I'm like, guess what? I didn't brush my teeth all week! <laughs> my mom wanted to just melt right there. She was so embarrassed. Imagine a teenage boy who goes to camp, never changes a shirt all week long, no deodorant. We're talking old, dirty laundry. There is only one thing to do with that shirt. Cast it off. Maybe into the garbage for good. This is the imagery here that we have in view. Stop eating the dirt. Why would you go to eat the dirt? What? This, isn't, this isn't anything fitting for you any longer. You're not who you were. There's been a radical change. Cast off the dirty laundry. Let's look at these one by one and, and consider this list. There's many lists of sins that once defined us, and now we are called to cast them off. Um, but this is Peter's list that he gives here, uh, among others in the Bible. Look at this one, malice. Malice is a word that, that carries with it a, a dislike for another, but, but more than that. It's not just I don't like you. It's that I want to see your harm. I, I, I desire your harm. There is nothing here of justice. So we, we can't play this game. Don't think, well, I just, I just want justice. That's all I want. I just want justice. 
I want to see this person experience justice. There is a right and righteous longing for justice. You see that in the Psalms, the imprecatory Psalms, that, that pray, Lord, visit the wicked in your justice. That's a right longing. However, this is nothing of that. This is wickedness. This is evil. This is, I want to see someone harmed because I don't like them, and that's, I, I wish upon them evil and harm. There is, let's be clear, there is no place in the Christian life for malice. No place. No place. We need to be reminded of this sometimes when the, the political fervor stirs greatly and there are people that we disagree with vehemently and, 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 and then just kind of catch your heart and say, but, but Lord, no malice, right? No malice here. Cast off that dirty shirt. It doesn't define us anymore. We should stand out in the mix of the debates that take place. The second word on the list, deceit, deceit. So malice and then deceit. Deceit would carry with it all of these things, dishonesty, treachery, falsehood. Uh, the, the etymological roots of this word go back to baiting a hook. Like you, you put the worm on the hook, you cover the hook with a worm and then you dangle it out there. What, what are you wanting to do? Well, you're, you're being deceitful. You're trying to catch someone off guard. You're promising something, but you're delivering something else. It's a form of an expression of, of lying, but it has a, 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 a goal of, of harm and hurt. It's interesting how these play together. They all kind of weave in together. Sin is like that. It's like a Petri dish. It grows in together in our lives. Cast off that dirty shirt as well, Peter says. Hypocrisy. This is pretense, especially when it relates to spiritual presentations. It's when you, when you hold a mask up and you pretend to be something that you know you're not. It's a lie, but it's a lie to win favor, to garner praise. It's, it's, it's hypocrisy. It's when you try to pretend for gain. What's interesting, it struck me, hypocrisy is really the opposite of humility. You see how they, th those play? Humility owns the reality. Even in weakness, even in, in struggle, even in, in the, 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 the lack, there's humility in the Christian life that says, <laughs> this is where I'm at. Hypocrisy says, oh, that's all good. Everything's fine. It's one of the most uh, horrific uh, sins that can be expressed, even culturally normalized in church, that church people would come and just throw the switch on Sunday. Even though you're falling apart, you just put the mask on and you just smile and pretend like everything is fine and, and you're all good. There's no issues. There's no sin. There's no struggle. There's no battle. There's, it's just walking in the park. The church is a place where people come to experience hospital-like care. We gather together. We are in the same boat, friends. We are works in process. <laughs> we, are, we are not yet there. All of us here in this room are sinners. We all are in need of grace every day. We breathe the air of gospel, and that is the air of repentance every day. 
When we gather, we can gather in truth. We don't have to play games and pretend. We don't have to pretend that everything's fine. If it's not, just share it with someone. I'm having a tough day. I'm really struggling. Will you pray with me? Right? There is such beauty and humility in the unity of gathered Christians, not the mask-wearing hypocrisy of legalism and, and uh, really uh, going through the motions. The fourth sin here is envy. Envy is uh, it's different than, than, than greed because it's, it's resentment, resentment, key word there, resentment of the prosperity of others. Greed just says, well, I want what you have. And, and, and it's, it's, just, it's just hungry. It's just want, I want more. I want more. Envy says, I don't want you to have what you have. I deserve to have that, not you. You see how it's, it's toxic. It, it deals in malice as well. And they kind of run together. Envy is idolatry of self. Envy says, I matter more. It's, it's, it's all about me. And not only do I not think you deserve, but I don't like when you have. Toxic. Toxic. Especially among believers. Target it. Cast it off. Don't allow it any room. This can often happen in the workplace. It can often happen among friends and neighbors, those family members who begin in comparisons with one another. This or that. You have this. and I worked harder and this, that, and the other. Oh, it's just, it's subtle though, isn't it? It'll sneak up on you. Catch it. Kill it. Call it what it is. The fifth word here is slander. Slander. This is the spreading of lies uh, as truth. Okay, the spreading of lies as truth, often behind someone's back. Uh, this is this is different than gossip because gossip will spread truth um, inappropriately. Like right? it's it's the it's the sharing of truth. Well, I have a prayer request. Let's really pray for this guy. You know? No, that 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 doesn't work. That's not what this is. We don't, we don't gossip, but we are also not to slander. Slander is lying. It's a, it's, a, it's a false representation of someone's character for their harm. To degrade someone's esteem in, in, the, in the eyes of others. Typically, it's behind someone's back. Sometimes, it's just blatant right in, in front of the, of, of the person. You'll note, as you look down this list, all of these sins tend more to be the sins that are kind of refined, more subtle sins. This is not like murder, adultery. This isn't maybe the top ten, the first obvious list that you would see. These are the sins that can sneak into church with you, that can sit in the seat with you, that you can coddle and carry around. And unless you're hunting and killing you can actually live as a believer in, in this kind of place for some time. Peter says, no, no. Not for the believers. That's who we were, but not any longer. We should cast off those dirty garments. Cast them off. Especially when you think of the call from last week. Earnest love from a pure heart. Earnest love from a pure heart. These are the antonyms of that, aren't they? The, the contrast of last week and all of the beautiful expressions of love. He says there is no place then 
As those who've been born again, no place for these old garments. Get rid of them. Throw them out. So then that leads to verse 2. Stop eating dirt and start craving the word. Start craving the word. Verse 2. This is the heartbeat of this passage, the main push of Peter here today for us. Listen to how it reads. Like newborn infants... Long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation. The pure spiritual milk being the Word of God. The Word of God. It's in context. Certainly it's already been in in view in chapter 1. He's been talking about the Word. It's the Word of God that brought you to life, that God employed to save you. It's that same Word that He uses to sanctify you. So drink up. Now Paul refers to this this imagery in uh, some of his letters in a negative way. He says at one point, I remember preaching, um, and I had, I had two guys up here. One of them was sucking on a sippy cup, and uh, that was memorable, while the other one was eating a T-bone steak right in the middle of my sermon. And it, it, it illustrated what Paul was saying. He's like, listen, some of you are still on the bottle when you should be eating steak. Move on into maturity. Grow up, he's saying. Peter's got a different imagery in view here. He's talking about infants, but he's saying, listen, take note of how an infant longs for, craves for milk, and be like that with the Word of God. Right? He's not saying we should be perpetually infants in our spiritual maturity. He's calling us to grow up into salvation. But he's saying that we should always crave the Word. So here is... Um, a little trip down memory lane. Over here is Ethan Judah as a, a newborn, and this is Grace Delight as a newborn. She's still in the hospital here. Okay, and, and I just, I have these memories. Um, Jenny, far more clear, I'm sure, than my foggy memories in the middle of the night when a newborn will let you know when it's time for milk. And we had this little baby monitor that I began to dread the, uh, <laughs> You turn that thing on and you're like, oh, Lord, please help that little guy sleep, you know? And then you, you just fall asleep all of a sudden, oh, man. Okay, and, and moms, you know, there are, there are precious moments that happen in the middle of the night. Oh, the servant love of a mother that gets up and feeds that little infant. They let you know when they want that milk. And really, I, I mean, I remember being in situations where Jenny was shopping and there was nothing else that was going to do it, right? I, I'm, I'm, I got the pacifier, I got the toys. I, I'm like, babe, you got to come home. So th- this little guy's turning into a ravenous wolf here. We, we need milk. Be like that with the word. You see it? Often, three to four hours, you need milk again. So think of your day. Think of when you wake up. What are you hungry for? What are you thirsty for? What do you crave in the morning? The Word. That's what he's calling us to. Be like that. In the evening, throughout the day, are you hungry? Are you, are you looking for sustenance in the Word of the Lord? I was just thinking, you know, Whose voice most shapes my day? Is it the voice of God? Or is it the voice of the political commentator? 
Or is it the voice of the, 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 the news updates or the stock ticker? Or I mean, who, who is the voice that is going to point the way for the day that I live? Sometimes, if we're honest, it's the voice in your head. It's you. It's just stirring and, and, and spinning and, and, and drowning in fear and uncertainty. Friends, the voice of the Lord shakes the mountains. This is His voice. If you want to hear Him, then, then listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. And you will hear the voice of God. For all the talk about we just need a word from the Lord, we just need to hear from God, and I just, I just need the Lord, Lord to tell me. Just speak, Lord. You've you got to imagine the Holy Spirit who's just like pointing at the Word. I wrote a whole book for you. Just open it. Listen to me. If you want to hear from God, let me just say this point blank. If you want to hear the voice of God, read the Bible. That's the answer. He speaks through his word. That's how he's ordained to communicate. He stirs our heart through the Holy Spirit to his word, where he speaks authoritatively to truth. Be like a newborn and crave the word of God. Crave it. Hmm. A couple observations here. Spiritual growth in the Christian life is not optional. It's, it's, this isn't an optional thing. This isn't like, well, you know, if you feel like it, maybe you should start growing. It is commanded over and over, over and over. Right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Put off the, 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 the works of darkness and put on. Um, obey, the Lord says, if you, if you love me, obey my commandments. The Great Commission, teaching them, to obey all I have commanded you. The word of God is, is called forward in this, this, this call of command. Grow is the command to the Christian. Second observation is this. Spiritual growth in the Christian life is directly connected to feeding on the word of God. Christians do not grow by osmosis. We don't just grow by just sitting around. We grow as we engage the Lord in His Word. We grow in, in thousands of different ways, all at the same time, as the Word of God meets us. These two realities should land for us as we look back over this last year. Lord, was my Bible well used this last year? Did I engage you like a newborn craving milk. Now, what I don't mean to do is discourage anyone, but I do mean to encourage us. We're coming up on a new year here, and I want to plant some seeds today, and, and Lord willing, those seeds will land and sprout in resolution such that we would be all the more people of the Word, craving it like milk. Oh, good shepherd, I commend you for your hunger for the Word. It is clear. It's evident in so many lives, but all the more, I would say, all the more. To feed on the Word of God is the path of growth for the Christian. If you want to overcome sin, you need the Word of God. If you want to bear the fruit of righteousness, you need the Word of God. If you want to live for His glory, you need the Word of God. 
malnourished Christians living on Costco samples. We went to Costco recently down in Skagit. We were down in the hospital down there and, and dropped into Costco. And I don't know what the deal is down in Skagit, but I've got two samples. Up here in Bellingham, you can do pretty well on samples, right? You make the, make the at least when Jenny's shopping, that's what I do. I'm, I'm hunting down samples, okay? And, uh, and usually I'm like, can I have one for my wife, right? <laughs> and, and sometimes she gets it, right? It's a, Okay, here's the deal, though. Why does, sample, why does Costco give out samples? So that you can survive? No. No one can survive on Costco samples, at least if you're realistic. The point of a Costco sample is go make a meal. Eat up. There's good stuff to have here. Buy it. Take it home and feast upon it. There are many malnourished Christians around the world. There are many Christians who are trying to survive on like a, a week just off of a couple Costco samples. It's not going to work. You will, your, your, your growth will be stifled. You will be weak when it comes to fighting sin. You will not have a vision of the glory and greatness of God. You will not grow if you are trying to survive on Costco samples. The Sunday preaching of God's Word is essential. It's not, I don't just say that because I do that. It is essential. The gathering of the church to sit up under the, uh, the, the, the proclaimed Word, that is critically essential for us. And praise God for the consistency of attendance here in this church. You believe that. Yes, we see it in view. But it is not enough to come one day of the week and then put your Bible away and wait for Sunday to come around again. That's not enough. It, it, you don't have enough to live off of from what you receive in this 45-minute sermon to live all week. No, you can't, you can't survive that way. You need more sustenance throughout the week. Daily bread is the call. Daily bread. And we have it here before us. Oh, we live in such a blessed day. There's so many ways to be fed, isn't there? Daily bread, opening the Word, studying in the morning, listening to podcasts. you got audio Bibles for you commuters. You can feed on the Word in moments. You can go on a walk and listen on your headphones. There's all kinds of ways for the Word of God to be nourishing your soul. We have very little excuse for dusty Bibles. Very little excuse. So, don't be discouraged, right? Be encouraged. Run to the Word. You need it, Christian. You need it. Like a baby needs milk. We need the Word of God. It is Spirit-empowered, life-transforming, soul-satisfying sustenance. Think, when he says the pure spiritual milk, think of what you have in this book. Pure, that is, there is nothing untrue that is affirmed or asserted or promoted by this book. <laughs> That's amazing. Can that be said of any other book in this world? No, it can't. This is truth with a capital T. It is pure. It's authoritative. It is sufficient. It is clear. It is satisfying for you. And oh, friends, we need this book. 
one of the commitments we have here is expositional, verse-by-verse preaching of the entire council, the whole council of God. So the, the New Testament, absolutely, yes. And the Old Testament, yes, every verse counts. All Scripture is inspired, and it's profitable. It's profitable for us. My encouragement for you would be uh, similarly with these cards that we have, right? So track the sermons that you get to journey through here expositionally, and then personal Bible study on this side. Have a plan. Be purposeful. Be strategic about reading all of Scripture. You'd be amazed. I, I went through this, and I found I hadn't read First and Second Samuel since 2013. That's not cool. That I, f- I found a, a, a couple of books here where I have not been in them in years. We're coming up on nine years. So I, I love what God did. I started in on 1 Samuel this week, and I was thrilled again at the display of his glory, the call for my obedience, even as I'm reading the early chapters about Eli and his evil, wicked sons, and Samuel brought into... It's amazing how he works in his word. Have a strategy to thirst for the Word of God. Go after it like a newborn is looking for milk. One of the Psalms I love the most as you read through the Psalms is Psalm 119. And I often, I've encouraged you to this before, I often will pray this, Lord, make my heart like the psalmist in Psalm 119 when it comes to your Word. I want to, to, to say truthfully from the heart that this is how I feel about your Word more and more. Make that happen. Listen to his heart. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Wouldn't it be amazing To have that be the overwhelming, longing, craving of your soul in a materialistic world. (laughs) It's it's the word. I I cannot get enough of this book. I will meditate on your precepts. I will fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word in 2023. Oh God, help me now. Make my heart that resolved. Bring that to pass greater in 2023 than in 2022. Another section from Psalm 119, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. There's a lot of ways to waste time in our day and nothing wrong with entertainment. Movies are great, right? Video games, fine. But The Word of God. The Word of God is the investment of eternity. It is worth more than anything else. So you can spend a lot of time on Facebook. Absolutely, you can. But be aware. Be be tuned in. Is the Word of God receiving its due place as the primary in my life? Or does it slide down the list? As I walk out my week. Hmm. Your words, oh, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. 
Through your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Do you want to grow in your hatred of your own sin? You need the word. Do you want to stand more delighted in righteousness than the word of God is the answer. And I know this can sound kind of simple, but it, it, frankly, it is. It's, this is what the Christian looks like as we walk through life. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path in a dark world. The goal here is to grow up into salvation, Christian maturity. Now, this is something we should aspire to. I find often that we don't have this as targeted as we ought. Oh, we can make business plans. We can make family plans. We can make 2023 plans. But do we have a plan for growing in Christian maturity? What is my plan for attacking sin this next year? What, what do I want to see in my life by the end of this next year? How do I want to have grown? What changes do I want to have seen taken place? And then by the strength and power of God, what am I going to do to pursue that? How can I get after it? Christian maturity is the goal. One of the, 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 the calls of the Scripture is to put before us what that looks like. We can't just define that out of thin air. God defines that in who He is. Christ-likeness. The character of Christ. The reflection of who God is in our lives. To pray, Lord, I want to be a mature Christian. I want to be holy as you are holy. Here are some things to aspire to, to long for in this next year. God, I want to treasure and trust you more. I want to treasure you like above all else. No one else is as important as you are. Nothing else comes close to who you are to me. I treasure you. I want to... to to have you be first in my heart in every expression of my life, every day of the week, all year long. I want that, Lord, make that true. You, you want a prayer that delights the heart of God? Pray that way. Help me to treasure you more. Help me to trust you more. Lord, I want to feed on your word daily. Lord, I want to overcome sin in my life. I want to wield this like a sword to fight against sin, to hack it away, to cast off those old garments. I want to bear fruit. I want to see new evidences of growth in my life. I want to see less self and more others. True love, pure love, earnest love. I want to live for your glory. I want what, what I leave lingering in people's minds to be you above all else. I want to obey you in a greater way. Think of the breadth of, of, of obedience that is called for in the Christian life. Think of the word and how it supports that. and calls that forward. I want to love more purely and earnestly from the heart. Growing in the Christian life is not optional. Growing in the Christian life won't happen apart from this book. You need to feed on the word of God. Now, we'll finish with this, a taste of goodness, a taste of goodness. Verse 3, I love how Peter brings us back around. Listen to verse 3. Oh, here's verse 2. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. And then he, and then he says, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. What's he saying by this? What's his point? 
I believe he's saying, guys, this is where we started. This is where it all began. If you're a believer, you know what that milk tastes like. You tasted it the day he saved you. You tasted of his love, of his truth, of his transforming power in the gospel. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Why is the oh there? Because it's overwhelming. It's glorious. Nothing tastes like this. There's no other taste that compares. Don't go back to the dirt. Don't chew on the rocks. Come and feast in the word of God. It's pure spiritual milk. Hmm. The taste of God's goodness. This word is beautiful. It, It carries all kinds of expressions. Loving affection. Kindness. Uh, benevolence, this is all in this word goodness, the goodness of God. Hmm. Have you tasted of the goodness of God? Friends, what we celebrate at Christmas is not just empty tradition. It, this is not just what we do because it's you know Christmas. No, this is real. This is, this is the story of the love of God who sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be born of a virgin, Right? And to live a life of obedience that he might take the cross. No one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. He said, why would he do that? To pay for the sins of everyone who trusts in him. Such that when he dies, I died. And then when he is raised powerfully three days later, I was raised with him by faith. So that I can be forgiven of sin. No longer wander in the dark, but but have life and light A conscience that is not burdened by what I know is sin against God. Now forgiven. Called to life. Called to walk in the light. This is the goodness of God. We have tasted of this, my brothers. I pray that it's true for everyone here in this room. Everyone. Have you tasted of the goodness of God? Today could be the day that the Lord provides the first sip of this milk. It is life-changing. Nothing else will taste any, anything close to as beautiful and good as the good news of Jesus Christ. To drink of the milk of God's Word is to taste again and again what He is like. For in the hearing of the Lord's words, believers experience the joy of personal fellowship with the Lord Himself. You've got to know this. When we read the Word of God... We hear from God. This is His Word. This is not just Peter writing about the Lord. This is Peter writing the words of the Lord. If I were to ask you this question, what what does it look like for you to have a relationship with God? Right? Because we believe that, that to be saved from sin is to enter into a relationship with God. So Christian today... How is it that you relate to God? How how do you do that? It tends to be two things. It's not complicated. It's actually quite simple. Prayer and the Word of God. Prayer and the Word of God. Those two things. We have His Spirit within us, and we are stirred to depend upon Him, and to look to Him, and to pray to Him, and to hear from Him. Our relationship with God cannot just be us talking to Him right? That's dysfunctional. Lord, here I am again. I know you're there. 
here's my long list of words for you. I don't really want to hear from you today, but you need to hear from me. God loves when we talk to him. Don't get me wrong. But he gave us one mouth and two ears. And I think there's a bit of an encouragement for us in that, isn't there? We are to come and listen to his voice. Feed upon his word. We will know how to pray far more truly and rightly and accurately and in, in, godly, in a godly expression as we listen to his voice in his word. Imagine if I said, well, I have a relationship with my wife. I talk to her every day. I talk to her all the time. And then someone kind of cues in on it, and they're like, well, do you listen? <laughs> do I listen? Why would I do that? Why would I listen to her? Would you believe that my relationship is where it ought to be? Listening to the voice of God as you read his word is so essential to the relationship, the personal relationship with the God of all glory. So I would encourage you, as you consider the end of this year and the beginning of this next year, if you want to grow closer to God, listen more. Listen more. And then delight in prayer. What you hear, delight to bring it back to Him. Pray it up to Him in communion and fellowship with Him. Mm, there's nothing like His voice. There's nothing like the taste of this milk. Nothing. Oh, taste and see, my friends. Taste once again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. He is kind. He is benevolent. Oh, think of all that He is. Would you rather listen to the talking head on the TV? Or would you listen to the God of all glory? Blessed is the man or woman who takes refuge in him. How do we do that? Go to his word and listen. Dwell secure in his truth. Receive his love as you hear. Listen with your eyes. Hmm. Response this morning. Are you thirsty for the word? I think that's what Peter, just it's a very simple, straightforward call. Are you thirsty for the word? Many of you I know come thirsty on Sunday mornings. I love it. I love it. It makes what I do all the more joyous and, and, and exciting. I, I can see it on your face. When you come hungry, thirsty, bring the word. Don't hold back. Yes. How do we take that into the week then? It's been said that, that the person whose Bible is falling apart is often the person whose life isn't. Right Now, that's not always true. Sometimes people just don't take care of their Bible. But kind of broadly speaking, if your Bible is worn and used and you've been in it and it's, it's, it's starting to show signs of wear and tear, it is likely true that your soul is stronger than ever, that your feet are planted on the rock like never before because you have soaked in that word. And it has established you to face whatever may come in this life. May we be that kind of people, like the Bereans, just noses in our Bibles, digging and studying and learning, listening to the voice of God. So some encouragements for craving the Word in 2023. Would encourage you to do this as you go through Christmas. You've got a, a break from work, you've got some time, 
Spend that time in Psalm 119, right? And, and make that prayer. Lord, I pray that my heart would grow to be more like this psalmist. This man was real. He wasn't, he wasn't lying. This is the word of God. He is saying, I love your word. I want to be like that more as we go into 2023. Read and rejoice in God each day. It's personal relationship. It's not just uh, mechanics. It's not a checklist. It's not just punch the time card. Read and fellowship with him. Relate to him. Talk with him. Journey through the text with him. Develop a strategy to pursue every book. If you don't have one of these uh, bookmark things that you can track your progress with, I would really encourage you, grab one of these. They're over here by the, just under the TV on the, in the hallway, and uh, that will help you a ton. Uh, oftentimes, I just read a chapter or half a chapter, just a little ways, put a mark where I leave off so I know where to keep going, and you just work your way through a book. Let the, let the Word lead the way and rejoice as you walk it out. Journal your prayers and discoveries. Many people I know uh, who don't struggle to write as much as I do journal like this, and it is an expression of, of love and prayer and delight in the Lord. And then you can look back and say, oh, look at how I've grown. Look at what he did. Look at how he answered prayers. Journal those prayers and discoveries. Join our Wednesday Bible study. This is something that for many of you has been a, a very special connection with the Word of God as we've journeyed together. would encourage you who haven't yet joined, if you're able, jump in and journey with us through the second part of John. You will be glad you did. Capture daily moments to saturate in the Word, right? So keep on your phone at an easy, quick uh, you know, punch of the, of the finger the audio Bible so you can just saturate. If you've got a 10-minute drive, that's 10 minutes that you can have in the Word as you drive and listen and worship. Make the most. We are, we are spoiled. Podcasts, think of this. You can listen to just about any faithful Bible preacher that you can find on your podcast. And be discerning, right? Not everyone is faithful or preaching the Bible. Find the faithful ones. If you need recommendations, I can point the way. And then just soak in the Word of God throughout the week. Podcast the Word of God. And then obey and apply God's Word each day. It's not enough to know more. That's not enough. The goal is always, Lord, I want to obey you. I want to treasure you. I want to delight in you. I don't just want to know more facts. I want to know you more. And I want you to have more of me. Change me. Grow me. Make me like Jesus as we journey. Let's pray. Father, we delight in your word. We thank you for it. We thank you for all the treasure that lies within these pages, the good examples and the bad, the triumphs and the, and the defeats, the, the promises, Lord, that are rich and true today as ever. We thank you for the glory that you reveal in the pages of your word, for the gospel that is ever before us, our greatest joy, that your love would meet us in the way that you have chosen through Jesus Christ. Thank you for the way that you grow us, that we, we, we drink in this word, this nutrients, these pure, um, life-giving words, and we, we grow. We pray that we would be increasingly a people of the word, and as we go into 2023, may our resolutions be realistic and resolved, deep-rooted resolutions that would, would then bear fruit as we walk with you in your word 
throughout this next year. Thank you, O Lord, for the work that you are going to do as we lock eyes with you and listen as we read. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.